From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. going to talk to a guy um, about synthetic marijuana. He's a, he's an expert in this sort of thing, and it, it made the news because how many people were laying in a park? Seventy-some uh, in New Haven, Connecticut, twitching and, and, and hardly, hardly breathing, and a couple came near death. That's something, and it's, it's all over the country. Anyway, we'll learn more about that and some of these drugs that are out there. Your word of the day today is infantilize, infantilize, to treat someone as a child or in a way that denies their maturity and age or experience and more significantly uh, uh, turns them into somebody who no longer takes responsibility for themselves. Do infants enjoy infancy as much of a, as adults enjoy adultery? That's the ancient question. Everybody's always wondered that. Right. So um, He is like a little baby. And listen, this is, this is an old theme, but it's yet another example. I'm, uh, Judy bought these uh, cheese and bacon egg bites. Delicious proteiny breakfast food. Really enjoying them, particularly with a splash of Cholula. I would eat a well, What is that? Uh, it's a hot sauce. Okay. Delicious I, hot I sauce. I would eat a bowl or a stick or whatever however those come in. Of that right now. So I'm looking at how to cook these sons of guns. You got to cook them uncovered on high for 60 to 90 seconds to an internal temperature of 165 degrees. That's pretty hot. Because it's uncured bacon. It's not all pre-cooked. Mm. Right? 165 degrees. Next line. Caution. Egg bites may be hot. Thank you. You just ordered me to make them hot. You demanded of me that I make them precisely 165 degrees. And then, because of effing lawyers, you got to warn me in the next line that they are hot. 
We are killing ourselves. Killing ourselves. Put me in a diaper. Because I am a baby. He's like a little baby. He is like a little baby. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. We were in uh, Arizona. And then you got people who burn their mouth and say, you should have warned me. You should have said it's very hot. We were in Arizona a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is more, uh, uh, Arizona is closer to the land of the free than a lot of your West Coast states in terms of uh, motorcyclists aren't one helmets, various things like that. We expect um, you to make your own decisions. My kids were so excited that the pool we went to, the aquatic center, that they could do uh, cannonballs off the side if they wanted to, or belly flops, and they didn't get whistled or thrown out of the building like at all the pools that we go to. They were just amazed by the fact that they were allowed to, if they wanted to hurt their own belly by belly flopping into the pool, they could. Right. How many uh, paramedics were on hand there to to deal with the carnage? Well, and we all remember the a quarter to a third of childhood friends we lost to uh, people doing cannonballs off the side of the pool. Cannonball deaths. That's right. Yeah. They just uh, and that that's what worries me is my kids and all kids growing up in a world where they think it's normal for some for the man to tell you you can't do this or that. For your own safety, <laughs> arguably, and one in a million chance. <laughs> right. God, that's a no way to live. It's we are a, raising oh, a nation of veal cats. We, we went to the playground the other day. The playground at my at, at my kid's school. And um, uh, we just happened to be in the area, and he was climbing on top of the monkey bars, and, and he said, it's fun, because I can't do this at at school. And I said, what happens? He said, oh, you get sent to the office if you're up here during school. I thought, wow, that is really something. Wow. Uh, that, and, and that's a liability thing. They would say, look, I have no choice. If somebody falls off and breaks their arm, they'll sue us for $2 million. So the only way we can keep open is by having these rules, right. which is stupid, by the way, that yeah. you could sue and get $2 million from the school for that, but. Thanks to stupid, stupid juries. And all studies show that that's making our kids crazy. Right. Oh, my analysis of the uh, Paul Manafort jury and the clues they gave yesterday, later, later. But Trump, as usual, the news media gets it completely wrong. Trump with a tweet today about uh, quarterly reports in businesses. So we all know uh, in, in big business on Wall Street, they come out with a quarter. Every three months, they come out with a quarterly report. And you met expectations or you didn't meet expectations or you get your bonus or whatever is your CEO. And... And there are some people that believe, a lot of really smart people in business believe, writing columns in the Wall Street Journal, that that has ruined businesses in America, and that everybody uh, works toward that three-month goal. If you're a CEO, for your own money, for the amount of money you're going to make, the best thing you can do is, 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 you know... Drive down costs, do whatever you got to do to make the books look good for that three months, you'll get your bonus. Gut your company for the long term, doesn't matter. Might be a bad move for the company for, you know, the long term, but it's good for you short term. Right. And Trump's uh, talking about maybe changing quarterly reports to six-month reports or something, which is exciting to me. And I, and I wonder, this has got to fit into this. U.S. bosses now earn 312 times the average, the average worker's wage, figures show. We've talked about this over the years because back in the day, and this is not some sort of anti-capitalist rant, we had capitalism back in the day, and it was a lot different. Um, I'll give you some examples. Bosses of America's largest companies got an average... Let me skip that. In 1965, where we we still had capitalism back then, look, look in the history books, the ratio of CEO to worker pay was 20 to 1. That had risen to 58 to 1 in 1989. So it had almost tripled by 1989. It peaked at around 2000 at 344 times to one. Wow. 
So it went from 1965, where the CEO would make 20 times as much as the average worker, to 344 times as much as the average worker. Now, that, that's an interesting thing. That's a change. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And how much of that has to do with you make so much money for the company as being the kind of CEO that can make these quarterly reports, we get, we're going to pay you that much. I don't know. That's part of it. Or the bonuses you get for it. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm happy about this step in this direction. Long-term thinking has got to be better. for the. If you've ever worked for a company that seems to be making short-term moves, you know how painful that is. Well, and how ill-advised it can be. I mean, we've seen companies practically and, and talked to people who've seen companies practically commit suicide to have a few good quarters. And uh, it's, it's, it's a shocking thing to see. Yeah. I don't know. So Trump's taking a look at it at the requ- at the request of uh, business leaders. So he'll be talking to the SEC, and we'll see if anything happens. Yeah. So shocking levels of overdose in the opioid epidemic. Yep, we know about that. And this incredible rash of ODs on so-called synthetic marijuana uh, right around the Yale campus. Uh, we'll talk to an expert about that in just a moment or two. I know the first thing he's going to say is it's not synthetic marijuana. I didn't know what it was. He'll explain what it was, but it doesn't sound like something you should be taking. No, it's been called that forever, but it's it's not. It's just a bunch of chemicals. Sprayed on regular marijuana, it's I guess. terrible for you. Yeah. Well, it was terrible for those people, certainly. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let me run with you tonight. I'll take you on a moonlight ride. Hey, it's Friday. Maybe you're seeking an escape from reality this weekend and intoxicants. You know, it's not necessarily the best way to go, but a lot of people are going to do it. So that's fine. But how about the tried and true, like booze? Or the now legal marijuana, the regular kind that grows in the ground that's been around for thousands of years. How about you just stick with that? Uh, Yeah. Don't huff any paint or gasoline. I know it's it's astonishing to me. I don't know as a guy who's who's walked a little on the wild side. I always tried to be educated about what was around, and I've I've known for decades that this so-called synthetic marijuana, which has nothing to do with marijuana. Nothing. It's just a collection of chemicals. is incredibly dangerous. You had 76 people ODing in New Haven, Connecticut in a single day. Then 19 more the next day. Total of 95 people in desperate need of medical help. Some of them might have died if it, if it hadn't been rendered so quickly. Uh, Dr. Michael Bauman joins us. The doctor is the staff scientist and facility head at the National Institute on Drug Abuse Intramural Research Program in Baltimore, Maryland. And is on the line now. Dr. Bauman, how are you, sir? Well, I'm fine, and you have uh, you've outlined the situation quite nicely. Uh, the serious, serious uh, outbreak of overdoses in uh, Connecticut is, is is really alarming. So, what the hell is synthetic marijuana? Well, so these products they consist of man-made chemicals that are sprayed onto inert plant material, and these chemicals, um, more correctly known as synthetic cannabinoids. They're designed to stimulate cannabinoid receptors in the brain. So THC, the active ingredient of marijuana, also stimulates these receptors. 
But it's really important to note that these synthetic chemicals are much more potent than THC and exert stronger actions. Synthetic cannabinoids, they have a higher propensity to induce serious adverse effects like vomiting, hypertension, hallucinations, psychosis, seizures, coma, and death in some cases. So it's really clear to point out, as you already have, that synthetic cannabinoids are not synthetic marijuana. These substances are much more dangerous than marijuana ever can be. And that's by the name of K2, Black Mamba. Yeah, Joe's been talking about it. So it, it shouldn't have marijuana in the name. But no, that's what it, drug dealers named it to get people to want to take it. Because with marijuana in the name, you think, oh, that can't be too harmful. It's got marijuana in the name. But. Correct, correct. And this is why we were at NIDA, at the National Institute of Drug Abuse, we're on this full-out campaign to, to sort of get rid of this term synthetic marijuana because it's really incorrect. It gives the wrong impression. It's, it's, a, it's a false impression. Um, I, I think the terms uh, like K2, spice, potpourri, these are, these are names that came about um, in 2009 and 2010 when these substances first came onto the scene. And this was done to skirt uh, legal, legal, um, you know, regulation, right? So people could say, oh, we're not selling drugs, we're selling spice or we're selling potpourri, right? So uh, the substances are made in Asian laboratories and trafficked over the internet. And so um, dealers and even the cartels now are, are, are purchasing these products over the internet and then they dilute the chemicals and spray them onto uh, inert plant material. So um, this, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Dr. Michael Bauman is is on the line uh, from the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Um, there was a rumor fairly briefly that there might be fentanyl involved. There almost had to be with all these ODs and stuff. Has that been put to bed now? It was just the... Uh this, well, well, I, I think that you raise a really important point, and that is, um, what are the factors that are contributing to this uptake in overdose severity, right? Because we've seen this before. We saw another batch of, uh, of overdoses and problems in Chicago, and that one was quite different. But in any case, it seems like the synthetic chem- chemicals, the synthetic cannabinoids themselves that are present on the street at this time are incredibly potent, right? So they're actually strong enough in their own right to cause uh, really severe symptoms. But there's also this increased tendency for these synthetic cannabinoid products to be laced with adulterants, with other things. For example, as I mentioned, there was this instance of rat poisoning. So rat poisoning, bradificum, which is essentially an irreversible anticoagulant, this was added to the products. People took the products and they had these horrible bleeding events that needed, you know, immediate emergency medical care. Um, now, whether these op- op- whether strong opioids or like fentanyl were put into these products in Connecticut, I don't know whether that's true or not. There, as you said, there's rumors that, you know, there was fentanyl present in, in the synthetic cannabinoids. I don't know the answer to that. However, I will tell you that fentanyl is being added to cocaine. It's being added to heroin. And so there is a precedent for fentanyl and other potent opioids to be added to, to different types of drug products. This is happening now in our world, unfortunately. Is that just because with, you know, pardon the uh, parlance of the streets, because it makes you more effed up? So they figure people like it better? You know, uh, the, the, the motivations for this 
uh, I don't know. It seems to me to to be a failed business policy to be essentially right. poisoning unknowingly your clientele. Right. So, I don't know the reason for for this. Well, somebody ought to ask the cartels. Yeah, I was just thinking we need to talk to uh, somebody like you that understands the effects of these on the brain and this and that, and a sociologist. Because have the drugs just gotten worse, or has the the, the the America reached a cultural point where we just got so many people that want to check out, or did they just come together in one you know magical time together? Yeah, you know that's a, it's a really great question because there is a social component of this. There's an economic component to this, and I believe that a, a major factor here is Internet commerce, right? Ah, yeah, there's another. There's a third leg of the stool th- th- that is something is a, different. Th- yes, this is a major leg, too. This is a major leg to that stool because never before in history have people been able to uh, get potent psychoactive substances easily. And you can now at this time, right? This all relates to a phenomenon called new psychoactive substances, NPS. We're talking about cannabinoids here on your show, but you have stimulant-like NPS, you have cannabinoid NPS, you have opioid NPS. These are the fentanyl and fentanyl analogs, right, that are killing people uh, with the mixes in heroin, for example, and pain pills. All of these types of substances can be easily accessed from the Internet, buying them from these uh, Asian companies that are manufacturing the substances. And you can have them sent to a P.O. box. So the cartels and drug dealers have figured this out. And so it's pretty normal for them to be adding substances to their mix. And in some cases, it's a type of branding, you know, like, oh, wow, this particular product is stronger than another product. And it's really a dangerous, dangerous game of Russian roulette that people yeah. are playing by taking these substances. Do we do we hope that, you know, word gets around? Because I see you've done some research on bath salts. That, that was in the news all the time a while back. Did people stop doing bath salts? Did it stop they, spreading because there were so many bad stories and maybe this will happen with synthetic marijuana? Yes, yes, they did. People did stop using uh, bath salts. Um, but I do think that at some level, people are, their tendency to smoke something that they think is like marijuana might be a little greater than their tendency to snort some white powder of unknown origin, mm, right? right? So uh, it is hoped that the media blitz, like what you guys are doing on your show, in fact, can educate people about uh, about these substances. Now, I, I will say there was at one time when these synthetic cannabinoids first came on the market, young people were actually taking these out of curiosity, and so much media uh, information about their the risks and dangers, young people aren't really taking these. They're not really taking these substances. But what's happening is, right, you have two groups of people now using these synthetic cannabinoids, which make them kind of unique, right? So the first group of people are, are, are those who have um, uh, regular drug testing, right? So they're actually using these substances because they're not detected by urine Ah, screens. right. An important, okay. an important key to this whole thing. Synthetic marijuana is not going to show up in your drug test. Okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. And we got That's barely right. a minute left. And uh, what's the other group? Was there another well, well, the other group is a steep increase in homeless and indigent people are oh. taking these because they're so inexpensive, it can afford a cheap uh, way to get high. Well, that's a powerful one-two punch right Yikes. there. Yeah. The people that want to, uh, you know, 
have a, a clear urine test, and the, and the homeless people want to get messed up for cheap. Dr. Michael yep. Bauman is a Ph.D. staff scientist, facility head of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, uh, studies this sort of thing. Hey, we appreciate the time very much. Sure. All right. Good to talk. Thanks. Uh, yeah, synthetic cannabinoids. I hate to continue calling it synthetic marijuana because that's just, again, I remember I remember in the, God, what was that, the 80s, the 90s? Yeah. Um, a guy I know talking about, hey, did you hear about, they've got uh, synthetic cocaine. It's like way less expensive, and it's it's great, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's talking about meth, but you want to give it as innocent a name as possible, or a, it just your marketing. So it, if bath salts had been called Coors Light, well, the, the synthetic Coors Light, more people might be doing it. Well, that may be. <laughs> uh, yeah, bath salts are an odd thing to snort up your nose. That's a weird marketing name, but that's why they call it synthetic marijuana, because it sounds like, oh, oh, it's 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 pot, but it's just made in a lab. Okay, right? that's fine. Yeah. It's not at and, all. And you'll pass your drug test. It doesn't show up, which is right. true. Yikes. Um, yeah, that is troubling. I realize everybody that's been my age throughout history has thought the current generation is doing crazy things we never did yeah but it's true in this case so well especially when you include the opioids yeah what's coming up in your news marshall well trump is ramping up his attacks on former cia director brennan as security clearance debates heat up on all sides you got apple getting hacked by a teenager and a friday listicle forbes list of the highest paid actresses coming up there you go Apple got hacked. That doesn't usually happen. Ooh. Apple hackers. I want to. I want to hear all those stories coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. me, Marsha, with all your stories. I've been waiting breathlessly for you to tell me about them. I don't know if I can jump back into the whole Trump security clearance story, but oh, there is a wrinkle, so let's get to yes, it. Yes, there is. The news with Marsha Phillips. I'll tell you what, it was President Trump who's added that wrinkle in the last hour or so, saying he's never respected former CIA Chief John Brennan. President's comments coming after he revoked Brennan's security clearance for what the White House called Brennan's lies about the ongoing Russia probe. Trump then denied he's silencing critics by revoking their security clearances, claiming that in a lot of ways, quote, it gives them a bigger voice, unquote. I'm, well, uh, it kind of does. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, At least temporarily. I'm more confused on this one than most, where uh, I've heard arguments on both sides and thought, you know, you're right. No, you're right. No, you're right. More than usual, uh, a couple of things. It's been pointed out over and over. Yep. Brennan saying his uh, his free speech has been stifled. Talking on a cable news show about the op-ed he wrote in the world's most famous newspaper right. is is kind of funny because you know you you seem to have pretty good free speech on the television right now. Talking about the op-ed piece in right. the most read newspaper right. in the world. Um, so you got that angle of it. The, the 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 it's unprecedented. We don't, we have other presidents haven't done that. Okay, but that's not necessarily right. Tucker Carlson was making the the argument last night. That's just part of the whole Washington D.C. entitled permanent bureaucracy thing that goes with every administration and Republicans and Democrats. Where the people in power stay in power forever. There's no reason we need to keep those people. 
with their security clearances. If he's got expertise on Saudi Arabia and you want to talk to him, you can bring him in and you can call him on the phone and ask him questions. He doesn't need to have a security clearance to do that. Right. Although, if you had to set up the situation for him. Yeah. And it was, you know, classified. The why you're asking him, it would be helpful in that scenario. But how often does that scenario even happen? I don't have any idea. Meanwhile, uh, added to all this, you got a dozen former senior intelligence officers slamming the president for revoking Brennan's security clearance, as did retired Navy Admiral... It's a key to a lot of them making a living, too, so that there's that angle of it. If that's going to make right. you much more valuable to companies to get hired, well, then you're going to argue pretty hard to keep those for that reason. Along with the group of intel officials was Navy Admiral William McRaven, who oversaw the raid in which Osama bin Laden was killed. McRaven, writing in the Washington Post, called Trump's action against Brennan, who's been a vocal critic of the president, McCarthy-era tactics, and said he would, quote, consider it an honor if Trump would revoke his clearance as well. Yeah, the argument that... uh... Both the McRaven... (laughs) <laughs> Never more. Ethan Beerman, who follows us on uh, KGO 810, he was on Tucker's show last night on the cable news, and he is making the argument, if the government does something, if Trump does something that takes away your livelihood, your ability to make a certain living with companies, for you speaking out, is that not the government... You know, having a role in your ability to speak freely. Y- yes. Yeah. Well, if yeah. I if I want to <clears throat> criticize President Trump, and I think, but if I criticize him on this cable news channel, right. he's going to take away my security clearance, and I can't work here anymore, or at least I'm not as valuable to them anymore. Right. Well, what bothers me about this, Brennan is out of control. He is now a wildly, savagely partisan hack. He's a partisan pundit. On the other hand, the president seems to have removed his security clearance, revoked it, because he was annoyed by Brennan and his claims. To, to my mind, Brennan didn't do anything specifically that would make it seem as though he shouldn't be trusted with the security clearance. As I said yesterday, it's like taking away your driver's license because, I don't know, you didn't pay your, uh, your, your property tax. Right. It's just it's unrelated. Um, it's just a lever. And that makes me uncomfortable as a guy who's really skeptical of, of overreach of government. Um, I think Brennan's indefensible. I think he's a reprehensible human being. But I've just, I can't quite go there with uh, the president. Apple is trying to reassure customers after an Australian teenager reportedly hacked into its main computer network. The uh, tech, gi- tech giant says no customer data was compromised. Australian media says the 16-year-old from Melbourne hacked Apple's mainframe several times over the course of a year and downloaded internal files. He was reportedly able to download 90 gigabytes of secure files and access customer accounts without exposing his identity. Apple managed to contact the FBI when it became aware of the intrusion. Australian federal police raided the boy's home. Teenagers pleaded guilty and will be sentenced next month. Boy, my mom and dad were mad at me from time to time as a youth, but probably not as mad as that kid's parents were when their home was raided. <laughs> yes. Do you think he'll actually be sentenced or will they pull him aside and say, look, just tell us how you did it. Yeah, right. no kidding. And offer him a job. So the files that this teen took from Apple and stored on his computer were in the computer folder titled Hacky Hack Hack folder. <laughs> awesome. Hackity Hack. And again, as I've uh, said many times, if if I was going to rob a bank, I, I would I would have some idea of where to start. <laughs> Steal a car, all kinds, sure. almost any crime right. you can think of. 
Harvest kidneys. I'd know where to look, roughly. But if I was going to hack into something, I'd sit down in front of a computer and just stare at it. I, I don't even know. Uh, I don't Google even know. how to hack. Well, first you got to get to, you got to type in internet.com. That's how you get to the internet. <laughs> right, right. right. Nationally, www. Don't even know where to start. Well, you know what's funny about the term hack these days is that you don't know whether this kid went four million lines into the code. And 27 characters into that line, he found a flaw. Or did he email somebody and say, Hey, this is Joe with IT. Can you give me your password? <laughs> and the guy gave him the password. We don't know which one of those it is. That's true. When you hear hack. Because yeah. sometimes it's that one. Right. Yeah. John Podesta looking at you. All right, we got a Friday listicle for you. Forbes annual list of the highest paid actresses has just been released. We'll do fifth to first, starting with the fifth highest paid Reese Witherspoon earning $16 million with her high-profile projects Big Little Lies and A Wrinkle in Time. Coming in fourth, the effervescent Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. Paid 18... 18- Mr. Bone, any any thoughts on Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, At geez. rather an old Reese. Yeah. No, we don't <laughs> Those need to who enjoyed it enjoyed yes. it very much. She got $18 million for X-Men and the underperforming Mother and Red Sparrow. Third highest paid actress on the list, Jennifer Aniston, nineteen and a half wow. million bucks. That, that's all from her hair care stuff and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I don't think that should count. Whenever I see these lists, um, it's like one of them Jenner gals got the makeup. From what I understand, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw there was some musician high on a right. list the other day, and it was from their tequila company. Okay, I mean it's interesting you make that right. money off tequila, but I'm kind of interested in who the most popular musicians are. You know what I mean? Second highest paid actress. Are you ready for this? Angelina Jolie, $28 million. Really? She has returned to the ranking thanks largely to her big upfront payment for Maleficent 2. Wherever uh, that is. Yeah. Okay. It was uh, one of those real-life versions of, I believe, the Snow White thing. Yeah, she was the playing Wick. the Wicked oh, Witch. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right. I remember that. Right. And the highest paid actress this year, <laughs> one of Positive Sean's favorites, Scarlett Johansson, taking home $40.5 million. Majority of that money coming from a role as Black Widow in the Avenger films. She doesn't do much in those movies. No, she doesn't. Watch her on looking sexy, then fight somebody now and again. She pulls out a pistol when everybody else has, like, cosmic powers and stuff. She, no, no, she knows karate. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Good. Great. Right. Super. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. You can't see her black belt because she's always wearing some sort of tight black leather outfit. Rand Paul had something to say on the security clearance issue. Worth oh. passing along, I yeah. think, because I often perk up when Rand Paul says anything. The Randy man. Yeah. He's um, been a little surprising on some of this stuff. A I don't diet. know if that attack by his neighbor made him crazy or if he has a point. I'll stay tuned. A popular diet from the 70s gets its comeuppance. Most things from the 70s should get their comeuppance. Mm. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. Jimmy Carter. This diet. The Pet Rock. All of them. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Democrat 
Democrats and some Republicans are voicing concerns about President Trump's proposed military parade and feel the event may come off as totalitarian. You think? <laughs> That's like someone being worried that the Pride Parade is going to come off as a little bit gay. That's what they were going for. That's yeah, a terrible analogy. Well, what was our military parade going to look like? I, I, never, I didn't follow this story, just... I don't know. Sometimes I decide to ch- check out of these controversies. I think, because eh. it's obviously just grist <laughs> for people to yell at each other. Well, were, were we gonna, shout cliches? Were we going to roll missiles through the street like I they certainly hope like so? They used to do in Moscow. Make a point, or uh, or not. Uh, Bogota, Colombia. Apparently, it's really hot. Health officials in one Colombian coastal city have uh, recommendations for residents trying to stay cool. This would be one of those things, you know, when they say drink plenty of water and wear light clothing. Because we're in Spanish. Because we're freaking <laughs> stupid beasts and right. can't figure this out on our own. Right. Uh, the health secretary there sparked disbelief when they urged residents of Colombia to refrain from sex during the hottest part of the day, mm. to stay hydrated, and wear loose, loose clothing. Sex is considered only moderate physical activity. As much strain on the heart as walking up two flights of stairs, according to the American Heart Association. But apparently in Columbia, they think sex is too much for you on a hot day. So hold How on. dare you? So if your honey is up two flights of stairs and you go up and make love, you've, you've had sex twice, in effect. In terms of your heart. It's fascinating. It is. It is. Really, really good stuff there. Uh, a couple of texts we got. In, uh, Somebody texted, hey, Rand Paul is uh, was for revoking the clearances. I thought I'd look into that. Yeah. yeah Senator Rand Paul on Wednesday praised President Trump's decision to revoke former CIA Director John Brennan's security clearance. Well, I remember him suggesting that weeks ago. I filibustered Brennan's nomination to head the CIA in 2013 and his behavior in government and out of it demonstrate why he should not be allowed near classified information, Paul said in a statement. He participated in <laughs> the shredding of a constitutional rights, lied to Congress. Yeah, um, that's coming up in a text here. And has been monetizing and making partisan political use of his clearance since his departure. Yeah. I he am. is acting differently than former CIA directors. All of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there's no doubt there. I have in front of me a most excellent piece by the most excellent Stephen Hayes of the uh, Weekly Standard about uh, Brennan lying repeatedly and about some really nasty stuff. Yeah, well, we got a text, and I'd, I'd forgotten that Brennan was involved in the. Do you remember this story from uh, back in the day? As, uh, as young people like to say. Like 1955 or last year? What day? What happened to my texts? Have you for- completely forgotten how Brennan's CIA spied on Senate Intelligence Committee staffers? Do you oh, remember that story? Right. Back at that, that was some right. story when it came out, and Brennan lied about it, then he had to admit it later. He got caught lying to Congress about it, and right. they, they linked the YouTube video of that happening. So he's he's an outlier among CIA. President Trump, obviously an outlier among presidents. I think that's well documented. Uh, <laughs> Brennan is an outlier among CIA directors also. And we got a suggestion for the name of our long-form podcast, Potty McPodface, which is not bad. Well, yeah, yeah. That's not the first one of those suggestions to come in. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two former CIA officials who fought in Benghazi. This is from 2013, this story, November of 2013 were asked to sign additional non-disclosure agreements more than six months after those attacks at the memorial service for Tyrone Woods and Glenn Doherty, two of the CIA-affiliated personnel who died during the Benghazi attacks. And CIA officials, including John Brennan, denied that that ever happened, but then they uh, produced all the evidence that's needed, and it seems quite clear that several members of the team on the ground in Benghazi that night were presented with new non-disclosure agreements at a CIA ceremony honoring CIA officials killed in those attacks. 
Um, some of these CIA officials were asked to sign the new NDAs despite the fact that they were leaving government service and despite the fact that they were still bound by previous NDAs, and they were quite befuddled by that demand. But then Brennan denied it up and down until it became undeniable. So is it possible that this guy really is out of control and a liar and a savage partisan and the rest of it, and Trump just did a terrible job of explaining that? No. Trump doesn't know about any of this stuff. That's not the reason that they revoked his security clearance. It's just a guy who's bad-mouthing him on television. Ah, I think. Yeah. And it's what you've been talking about. It's just unrelated retribution, which is really not the best thing. Again, I call this whole thing a carnival of stupid and and dishonest. I just just, the whole thing is off-putting to me. So Helen Gurley Brown, I remember her name from something. She was a giant of the publishing world. She wrote a popular book called Sex and the Single Girl back today. But anyway, this has been making the rounds on social media. A diet published in a 1977 issue of Vogue magazine. Weight loss ideas. The wine and egg diet. Which oh, yeah. It, which involves, as you may have guessed, drinking wine and eating eggs. Will do. For breakfast, they suggest one egg, hard-boiled, and one glass of wine. For, for lunch, breakfast? For lunch, they suggest two eggs, hard-boiled, but poached if necessary, and two glasses of wine. Then for dinner, a five-ounce steak, uh, no eggs, it would appear, and a glass of white wine. It, no eggs at all? <laughs> no eggs for dinner. Well, that sounds like the low-carb but drunk diet. What an idiotic... Was this presented seriously? I don't know. All in all, it says here, the diet sounds like three days spent... <laughs> Ah, this reviewer. Apparently, everybody's been forwarding this around because it's kind of funny, especially if you know you're a young single woman trying to keep your weight off and drinking lots of wine. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. All in all, this diet sounds like three days spent in a starving, drunk, drunken stupor. (laughs) (laughs) Sick of eggs, but too drunk to care. (laughs) Man, I'm hungry, but I'm sure drunk. (laughs) God, that's funny. It is funny. Uh, diet help, please. One person responded, can I swap the eggs for another glass of wine? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hilarious. Trust me when I tell you, wine does you no good in losing weight. Yes, another response whatsoever. There's a lot of funny people in the world. One thing you get from uh, following the comment section on tweets or news stories is there's a lot of sad, angry people that are mad at everything. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of really hilarious people that finally have an outlet. I'm doing the uh, a different version of the wine and eggs diet. I'm replacing the eggs with cheeseburgers and the wine with more wine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a bad idea either. Beautiful. Beautiful. Out of the 70s. When they thought, thought fart. What did I just say? <laughs> I can't imagine. Hard fart primary. That was an accident. I didn't say that word on purpose. Yeah. It's Freudian slip. That was back when they told us fake butter, synthetic butter, if you will, was better than real butter. Yeah. They've since decided it was like taking poison. Well, and gobble lots and lots of carbs. Lots of it. Sugar on everything. Just for God's sake, don't take in any protein. The government told us that. A lot of you old enough to remember that. You youngsters. They're smarter now, Joe. The, the government's smarter suck now. Suck up the government's word like mother's milk. Wake up. Yes, that was shortly after they had uh, stopped telling us that mother's breast milk is not what's best for your kid. Right. This stuff we made in a factory is better for your kid. That's crazy. Palias. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.